<laughs> okay. Ready? Okay. Hi, I'm Sochil. And I'm Myra, and we're here with Besties in Business at the Rent Patina Showroom in Brooklyn, New York. And today we are here with and today we're here with Sadie Kurzban. If you've heard of the Tracy Anderson method, if you've heard of Soul Cycle, but you haven't heard of 305 Fitness, you are about to very soon because Sadie is the new hotness in New York national national fitness. fitness. So we're going to talk a little bit about how you create a an empire for fitness. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I think we should also say that we're also very biased to Sadie, not just because it's a great workout at 305, but because she's a Brown alum. So um, <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about how you started 305 and kind of what the kind of purpose and specialness of it is? Sure, absolutely. So I started by teaching classes in college, just very fun part-time at our school's gym. Had a blast doing it. Um, I was out one night at a nightclub with my best friend and we saw the lights and the DJ and she knew how much I loved teaching these classes so she thought why don't you turn this into a business. So I started taking business classes at Brown. I um, entered our university's startup competition which is a really male dominated intense entrepreneurial competition and I won and I took that money and I bootstrapped um, the business here in New York so I started just by teaching a few classes at a time That's amazing. and it, it grew amazing. and grew. So you literally just kind of came to New York and now you didn't have a space at first right, right. so it was like because the theme in Providence was doing pop-ups and right because you were were you just at the gym or were you also taking it on the road in Providence before you moved to New York? So in Providence I did do a couple test runs before I moved to New York so okay. we did at a bar downtown, at a nightclub downtown. We rented space around campus as well. And here in New York, that was the concept. So for the first two years, it was a pop-up model where I was renting from primarily dance studios and gyms, but also occasionally from loft spaces and outdoor spaces and more interesting spaces for the customers. Yeah. Did you have the business in when you were in college? Or was it just, you know, you were sort of doing it with local gyms? Like, how did, the, like, did you have it formalized, I guess, as a business even then? I didn't, it wasn't formal, it was sort of under the radar. Um, like we a were, legal entity? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, now by the way, like, aren't you like, oh my gosh, like health care, like, 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 right? Like now it's like, yeah, kind of hilarious. Totally. Like it's like, oh my, liability totally. insurance. Like, Absolutely, we didn't have any of that. So I, I think it was, I was charging $5 a class and people were paying in singles and in fives and I would go to the bank every week with like all these ones. That's, and they I'm must sure have thought they you thought were a stripper. A stripper. Sure, yeah, yeah, totally, like legs yeah. and eggs. Yeah. Like, exactly. yeah. It's totally that. <laughs> so I guess like what did you feel like was the thing that you know because I do think like I, I'm sure it's this way in lots of city centers but in New York there are fitness crazes like mm -hmm. it's like where people are like I you've got to try this class I, I just tried to sign up for a soul cycle a friend of mine thinks that this is going to be like a fun evening together and I was like I'm dreading this <laughs> but she was like but you have to sign up Monday at 12 because it's and I was like but we're not going till the 16th of March right like I was like why am I signing up so early but it really really is like a thing where people learn about instructors and word of mouth like mm -hmm. did you find it was word of mouth did you find it was press like because you also got great press when you came to New York so yeah, yeah what have you found to be it was helpful? it was a total combination of both you're right yeah. that rush to sign up that excitement about it definitely helps drive the excitement so it sort of feeds on itself but to get people in the door what I really focus on are referrals okay so I build those into my incentives I tell people if they bring friends they get free classes and okay. that's been really successful and really helpful mm -hmm. people really trust their friends before they trust 
the news before they trust paid advertising, definitely they trust their friends. So getting them on board was important. And then press has been huge. So about 30% of my clients find out about us through press. Wow. Um, and I decided to hire a publicist who's fantastic a few months ago, but before then I was doing all of the pitching. Well, that was how we met, actually. Right. I mean, we met, but like I remember you sent an email after we met to a bunch of people asking if you had a publicist, a publicist referral, and my recommendation was I was like don't do it yet yeah. right like I don't know if it was good advice yeah. but like I think sometimes I, I at the time my take on it was like you're in such a specific industry mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. there's a set finite place number of like blogs and resources right. like where you can target before right. you bring on that expense like right. so I, I do think like it's an interest you know it's cool for people to see that you can actually get some traction doing mm -hmm, it yourself mm -hmm. like though now mm -hmm. your publicist has been doing an amazing mm -hmm. amazing job right like I mean, especially with TV stuff. And yeah, yeah. Like that. Tell us the biggest differences that you've noticed since you know doing your own PR and now having brought someone on. Oh, I mean, it just. Sadie, yeah. Would you mind taking your yeah, phone? totally. How's that better? <laughs> Is it okay that I'm facing them? You don't want me like. Maybe talk more to Myra yeah. when you're talking to. Someone. Okay, got okay, it. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> um, uh, publicist. So. Um, the biggest difference. All right. Yeah. Okay. So um, the biggest difference between having a publicist pitch and me pitching myself is, of course, the time and energy that it takes. So right, right. I can thankfully now focus on everything that's important to me in the business, and that's thinking about the brand, training right. instructors, really focusing on the product, and then she can go out and uh, show that off for me. So we have right. a really good synergy together. Right. So how many classes does 305 have a week? How many do you teach, and how many instructors do you have? Good question. So I have 51 a week in New York City. There's wow. 10 instructors in New York. We also have a live DJ in every class, so there's six DJs in New York. And then in DC, we have 15 classes a week, and four instructors and three DJs. Wow. Now, DC has a studio, or is it also a pop? Is it DC still, is a pop-up model. It's a pop-up. But New York, you opened your studio in October. Right. Um, and what was that experience like, like commercial real estate, major build-out? Yeah, like. it was really intense. <laughs> yeah. So whole new thing, right? whole new thing. Um, it went from being a business where I just needed $30,000 to start it, a website, word of mouth, to a business that I needed almost a million dollars to start it. So right. I rented a huge, huge space in New York. It's very expensive real estate. And on top of that, um, developing the whole space, outfitting it. It's a whole, a whole complete gut renovation Working with architects. Space. Architects, engineers. Yeah. Uh, we have an elevator in the space. It's a whole um, business that I wasn't familiar with. Well, I think it's really interesting, and we talk about this all the time when we're, we're talking with female business owners. You know, you have this thing that you feel really passionate about, mm -hmm. and you know, whether it's fitness or weddings or cake baking, and then you start a business, and it's all these other things that have nothing right. to do with like, this right. has nothing to do with like working out, right? right? And it's like, and now all of a sudden you're doing a gut reno. Like, Absolutely. Right, so. so the reason I started this business and the reason I'm passionate about it is because I wanted to change the conversation about fitness. I thought all we see out there is really about getting that bikini body and that beach body and it's so, um, it's really anti-women in a lot of way. And it I, is. It really is. It's, it's really intimidating. It's very frustrating. Uh, people think that that's what working out is about. And for me, working out was about moving my body and feeling good about myself and feeling empowered and connected and having an outlet to blow off steam at the end of a long day and having a community of women where I could dance with and, and celebrate my life with. So uh, that's why I started the business. That's what gets me out of bed every morning. But it has entailed 
talking with insurance brokers and figuring out convertible notes and doing gut renovations of spaces and all these other things that mm -hmm. operationally don't drive me, but this passion behind it really does and it gets me through it. So the, I know it is awesome and it's interesting, like I never thought about it that way, but like we, it almost sets you up to fail when you think about working out that other way because you're like, but I'm not getting that body, like, right? right? And then it's like, you go into it feeling so frustrated. And right. what I think is so awesome is like, you really do embrace that message. Like you did that Valentine's Day party and I was like, that's awesome. Like it was like a workout party. Like, and I was like, like love yourself kind of thing. And I was like that, I get why you've got this kind of loyal, because now that you open the studio, you also increase the price of the class, right? right. Like, and I was like, but I get why you're able to command it because you're connecting with people not just in like a in that way that you're just sitting mm -hmm. and you're just sitting there following an instructor mm -hmm. like it's like a little bit more I think that that's the difference between just going to a workout class and it being like a thing right like, right. like a spirit or an essence of right. your brand how do you find as you're getting new instructors that you convey that to them right because like because right. that was your visions like how much of that do you pass on to them right. and that like, you intellectualize with them or right right like yeah I invite them to make it a collaboration so I'm always asking them for their input I think they feel like they're really part of this company and building it with me mm -hmm. um, and I train them really extensively myself so I hand select them I think for any business owner out there the single smartest thing that I've done is have the right talent and really be very yeah. focused on getting them so uh, recruiting them training them I personally train them for hundreds of hours before they start teaching and part of their training session isn't just show me a high kick it's we also have a lot of conversations. We read books, we think about feminism, we think about the kind of messages that we want to say in class. And I also encourage them to cultivate their own sort of personas. Yeah. So they're not just um, right. robots of me or drones. They're their own people standing in front of the room. That's really interesting in terms of like having reading lists of messages you want to convey during classes because you're trying to motivate, right? So you just want to make sure that everybody's on the same page in terms of like what motivating like sort of catchphrases, right. tags that everybody's using. Right. And but also I feel like that I think it's like everybody being on the same page so that like, right. you can pop into somebody else's class and it's not like I only like to go to Sadie. Right. Right. right? Like, like I mean I go to a lot of yoga, like that's probably more my speed. Although <laughs> your class kicked my ass for like a week. <laughs> literally but I I notice like it's very rare that like I buy into a studio because mm -hmm. so often it's like it's just that one person mm -hmm. and then you go at like I told her once I was like I went to the noon class I was like I got confused about who was teaching <laughs> when I was like, an right. like I was like falling right. asleep like right. senior citizen yoga like right. yeah. but it's it's not because there was just no message to it and there was right. no spirit to it so I think that that's interesting that there is like an effort towards making a culture mm. and I feel like people need to put a little bit more conscious effort sometimes in that as they're mm. hiring. Because like I can tell you, when we first, now I think the people that work with us know like how, what our ethos about mm -hmm. like events and celebration is, but mm -hmm. definitely in the beginning it was like, just get it done before right. showing right, up. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I think that there's like a good, it's great that like you have that, you mm -hmm. still can put that time and care. And like, I guess what, like, so one thing about fundraising, cause like mm -hmm, that's like, mm -hmm. now you go into this thing and now you're looking at, you go from like pretty simple overhead to now committing to like, right. uh, did you do friends and family? Like, did you like have to really flesh out a business plan? Had you kind of already been doing that? Well, you had the business plan competition, but like what shifted in terms right. of that, right? Right, okay. so um, I raised most of the money through friends and family. It was, you know, on the one hand, it's a little easier to do. The ask is easier. You have less things to prove about your business and it's people who really believe in you. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it makes the risk for me feel much more personal. And right. um, I feel that if I don't succeed in this, 
my friends and family are going to be really disappointed. Right. Um, so most of it was through them. It's I did them through convertible notes, so it was a good way to offset having to place a valuation on the company mm. when I really feel like it's growing so much right now. Mm -hmm. um, but on the same hand, give them that kind of upside later that's right. potential and, and give them some peace of mind that I feel confident I can pay them back. Mm -hmm. um, I also raised some money from some clients who really believed in me, so similar sort of thing, had seen me right. work really hard on this for two years, believed in the mission, had some disposable income, aren't necessarily savvy investors, but think that this could be a good investment for them. Uh, and now I'm looking at a second studio, so I'm also raising money, and that's going to be a little bit more institutional money. So I'm starting to go to more formal angel investors and some venture capital to look for that. What do you feel like is the biggest challenge? Because like, I know you and I are speaking a lot during that kind of mm -hmm. pre-fundraising, and you mm -hmm. had some other options for getting the money together. And one of the things that struck me, and actually probably started to inspire this, was like, what do you think is the biggest challenge for owning the business by yourself? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, right, like I just because that right. it's because yeah. it's you're not like you know you're a young woman. Mm -hmm. It's like you've got all this responsibility mm -hmm. and you you've got big decisions going on. Like so, I don't know. Right. I'm just I think a lot of people would resonate. With yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm so envious in a lot of ways that you two started this together and you have this sort of sisterhood of uh, belief and you can go through emotionally things together. So. Um, I started this business with my best friend in college. It didn't work out. I was mm -hmm. devastated at the time, and I didn't know if I was going to have the courage to come here and start it. I did it anyway, um, for better or for worse, but it was uh, really lonely for a while. Mm -hmm. I then had another woman who worked for me who was slowly becoming a business partner of sorts. We were getting very close, but ultimately uh, it didn't work out, and part of that was that I felt that um, she couldn't commit to five years or 10 years of this business. When I think about that commitment, it doesn't scare me at all. But mm -hmm. um, So in a lot of ways, I don't know what it's like to be a single mom, but I imagine that running a business yeah. by yourself is like being a single mom because mm -hmm. I created it and I had it. No one at this point that I can bring on, they can love it, but they will never really love it the way that I do. Right. Yeah, no, that makes a lot, that's like a really like great analogy, I think, because it's, and it's interesting too, like even, with us like our outside relationships other than each other like it's like okay but you don't understand like this is like our child and this is our other family like right, right? like right. and then the, so that's a really interesting and good i think analogy like what one of the things that i like love about now it's like it's growing into this thing but like it's not the obvious choice for a brown grad right to like go into like fitness and actually and then another conversation I had about you ironically like with the brand alum was about you know they were like you know we're trying to really get people to do more innovative tech startups and I was like why I was like if it makes money like it's like I think it's great like right. but you know do people ever seem like surprised like but I, I don't know like was was there like a little bit of shock from your family side that you weren't going to do something like a little bit more traditionally yeah right like yeah, yeah. so um, one funny story that I have about this is that when I first considered starting the business I looked to our alumni network mm -hmm. which when you're a senior they're really you know aggressive about pushing this and and it's it's true that's how I met you Brown alumni that we really are very supportive so I looked on this network and I typed in fitness and there was nothing there was one guy who has been helpful? He started a gym like 25 years ago, but that was it. You know, like it's really hard to find. And, you know, maybe I found someone who like worked in corporate at Equinox, like which is really, really large, but really no one who had started something like this. Certainly, I couldn't find any personal trainers or dancers or, or stuff right. like that that was at least available to me. Right. Um, 
so there's definitely a bias. We go to one of the best schools in the country. A lot of people become consultants, doctors, lawyers, engineers. There's no doubt about it. Um, my family was really supportive. I think that's because they saw that I lit up when I was teaching these classes and when mm -hmm. I would talk about it, and there was no denying it. My friends were equally supportive, but I think, um, so it wasn't other people judging me, but I think when I first moved to New York, for me, I felt uh, really lonely in that way. I would go to you know, recent alum parties and stuff with my friends who we had just all graduated and all of them had four-year plans and they were going right. to business school or they were investment bankers and right. it was still unclear about what I was doing. Yeah, and socially that's hard too when you're just relocating someplace because like so much of like social culture is like your office culture. Right. So like right. when you're just starting yeah, totally. and it's like you're the only teacher and like that first right. like six-month period I can imagine like it's, you know, you have to be very, you have to rely on yourself out to be more outgoing too, right? right? Like Because right. it's not. And also when you're starting a business, I mean, you're working all the time yeah. right so I think that it's also hard to make that time so it makes it right doubly hard so I mean tell us a little bit about who is the your client like who is this person that goes to work out like a you know do you have like an idea of what this person is yeah absolutely and I would recommend for anybody starting a business one of the most um, effective exercises I ever did was I thought about an actual person and a narrative yeah. so I named her and I gave her an age and an occupation and even what magazines she likes to read What's and blogs name? and uh, her name is Julie and she's 29 <laughs> and she lives in Gramercy and you know it's like if you live in New York you understand yes, what that neighborhood totally. means about you right. um, so this woman in my mind she recently moved to New York a few years ago she's in between marriage and kids maybe and leaving college so she's sort of in this in-between phase mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. she's figuring out really who her true friends are she's figuring out really what her true career path is and she's in this big city so there's a lot up in the air and um, but at the same time is very ambitious and successful and moved to New York on her own so it sort of speaks volumes about who she is and I do believe that females who move here like it, it does say something about who they are um, and so 305 is this great outlet for her where it provides this safe community where she can meet friends, where she can be herself, where she can reinvent herself outside of maybe a more buttoned up workplace that she has. Um, so yeah, I really put a lot of thought into what she reads, what she wears, what she's obsessed with, and all of my marketing messages are about that. Have you seen that change at all? Like, because now you've been here two years. Yeah, definitely. So. It's grown with me. So mm -hmm. it was definitely 19 and 20 year olds. Right. Now it's maybe 28 and 29 year olds, mm. but, and I'm starting to see 40 and 50 year olds come in and more men and um, some celebrities will come in and like some fun stuff, some West Village people. Um, mm. But it is mostly 20 and 30 year old women right now. What, um, like how do you, what do you see as like the like your competition, like your direct competition? Because there is, mm -hmm. there is a finite amount of time that you have to work right. out, right? right? And then also like, what's your take on stuff like class pass and because mm -hmm. I've noticed like when I first came back to New York after college like because I'm from here that like crunch was like the thing mm -hmm. like it was like you basically joined crunch because that mm -hmm. was like the hip gym mm -hmm. to be at and mm -hmm. they had classes and mm -hmm. then it was like then it became equinox mm -hmm. and now like I noticed classes is like mm -hmm. the thing so mm -hmm. I'm just curious like where you see yourself in the competitive landscape but also how the trends are changing totally so boutique fitness is what we call these sort of like class based mm -hmm. phenomenon it's very popular right now I'm not sure if it's here to stay. Um, I think that ultimately the most successful brands are the ones that are constantly reinventing themselves and are standing out in that way. So 
I have you know dreams of offering different kinds of classes and mm -hmm. and drinking to different markets not just geographically but sort of emotionally and mm -hmm. product wise um, I think that in this industry these things totally tend to be faddish some people can ride it out for a year and some people can ride it out for 10 or 20 years which is right. what Equinox has done amazingly yep. well um, so I'm hoping that if we can keep reinventing ourselves and being right. creative about it that we can really ride this for a long time the good thing is is that you have a sense of what the brand is beyond it just being a dance class, right? Like, so that's the thing that right. it gives you the flexibility to right. change, right? right. Like, it's like when it's like Billy Banks and Tybo, Absolutely. like there wasn't necessarily like a bigger message. <laughs> Absolutely, like, right? Like, right. I had I had a lot of right. success with uh, sweating to the oldies. Right, I right. dropped my freshman <laughs> right, right. But like, you know, there wasn't. And actually, let's say he had a great career because it was a little bit more. It was a little mm -hmm. more emotional. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that's going to be interesting to know mm -hmm. that you've got that root mm -hmm. there, you know, and that's that's going to give you a lot of that flexibility, yeah. I yeah. imagine. What would you be, like, what advice would you give to yourself, I guess, how old is the business now? Three years. Gosh, that's amazing. Okay, so what <laughs> advice would you give to your three-year-old younger, your three younger, your younger self, three young, yeah. three years younger Minus three. <laughs> Um, I think I would just say just do it. I know I did do it and I'm really happy that I did it, but there was so much time I wasted wondering in self-doubt, considering other options, thinking maybe this wasn't right for me, and right. I'm so, so happy I did it. So I would suggest to any entrepreneur, if you have this burning desire, just go for it because no one is going to fault you later if you gave it your best. Yeah. Would you have done the space sooner or are you glad that you did kind of a slow build? No, I'm glad. I think it was a really exceptional way to build a following in a really mm -hmm. low cost, low risk way. It gave me the confidence to do it. It was also fun and underground and kind of weird and we would pop up in places and so it generated this cool buzz too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think you also got a chance to sort of know you know, work out some of the kinks and figure right. out like who's really coming, like how, right. what's working and what's not mm -hmm. before you, you know, you really get into these Absolutely. giant investments. Right. What do you see as like the five year, in five years you'd love to see yourself Blend. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm open, and I yeah. think that's the most important thing is staying flexible. It's one of the things that's made me successful up until this point is being adaptable and always being able to pivot. So I don't have anything tied, tied down, but I think to be able to offer these amazing, life-changing, inspiring classes to as many people as possible in a high-quality way. So if we can expand to other cities, if we can do this 10 times over in many different studios in New York, I would be so happy with that. Only though, if the instructors are still top right. of the line and people right. are getting an amazing experience every time. Yeah, that's very cool. How's the tour been? Because you've been kind of doing these pop-ups in other yeah, parts of it. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, super fun. So that's a big focus for me this year. Is now we have this home base, this flagship in New York. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking to test different markets and see what different cities respond to 305 like. So we did a pop-up in Vegas. Uh, we did one in Los Angeles that was so fun. We're probably going to be in Miami soon, and I'm hoping to do some college campus stuff in the fall. So the idea being, you know, if you tweet at us or Instagram at us, maybe we'll pop up in your hometown. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. How much social time and energy is spent on social media, and who does it? I have, like many people in this business, which is incredible, a lot of people exchange classes for work. So a lot of my front desk staff, my social media people. Um, so I, I do some on my social media if I see like a fun photo and I just want to post quickly on Instagram. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do have someone who's designated to do that. 
Right? Okay, very cool. I mean, there's just too many jobs. Oh my gosh, right? like so you can't many do jobs. it all. Like, right, yeah. and there's two of us. <laughs> right, even then, like, ah. there's two of yeah. us and so many yeah. Instagram accounts. Gosh, I know <laughs> we, we have so, so many businesses. It's like my. I, I like live in fear that I'm gonna put something up from like my personal. Anyway, everybody knows my tricks. Yeah, uh, no, it was like we finally we actually have our first person that's not us doing one of our Instagram accounts. She's a senior at Brown. She's adorable, but like I I could, can't even tell you. Like I was like, you understand that I've never had anybody post on my Instagram, and she's like, I understand. Like. <laughs> It's like, it's like, there are some things that I think it's good that one thing that I, I wish I could get better at, and I feel like we learn things in these interviews, is like actually taking some steps back from mm. some of the stuff that, because it was just us for so mm -hmm, long, mm -hmm. like, you know, right? right? Like, so I, it's hard to figure out, you know, what, what is necessary for you right. to do versus others. I mean, what, let us, tell us, like, what has been the most helpful? Like, if there's one thing that you have found through this pro journey that has been like the most helpful somebody starting out that you could tell them, like, you know. Oh, um, man, I think the most important thing is truly to do something that you are excited about. So I meet a lot of people who are considering starting businesses and it's just kind of like a random idea they came up okay. with. Um, they just think it's glamorous to be an entrepreneur. It's not glamorous. It's the worst <laughs> curse in the world. I don't have a social life. I barely sleep. It's a lot, a lot of work. So unless you have this dying passion to do something that's going to get you through doing all the crappy things you have to do sometimes, yeah. don't do it. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's totally very sound. <laughs> Um, thank you so thank much. You. And you can follow Sadie's Instagram account that now we know is being manned by people working for class um, <laughs> at 305 Fitness. It's at 305 yes. Fitness. Um, and we're at Besties in Biz. And you can check out all the videos at bestiesinbusiness.com. Thank you. Thank you.